All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Dan, how are you, sir? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. I'm a little wounded, uh, but we're getting there. The weekend's almost here. Yeah, you know you know what time it is, guys. It's Wednesday night. Uh, it's Michigan Pod Edition, and uh, unfortunately, we're not undefeated anymore. But there's there's a, a a shit ton to talk about, to say the least. And uh, we'll get her started here. Brief recap, and then this this pod's gonna be a little different than a lot of others we've done in the past. But here we go. Michigan drops their biggest game of the year to Michigan State, thirty-seven, thirty-three. Um, lots to say about the game, but, uh, in general, Cade throws for 383 yards, two touchdowns, one pick McCarthy also adds one, um, Thorne doesn't really do much through the air, but it's, it's Kenneth Walker. Who's the story? 23 carries for 197, five touchdowns. Uh, the Wolverines were able to outgain the Spartans 552 total yards to 395 out gain him in time of possession, passing yards first downs um equal amount of turnovers and they ran 82 plays to 66 with that being said here's my opening statement i'm going to kind of go through and and give you big, my biggest assessment of the game and we'll let you kind of listen through and uh then make your your assessment okay so uh i i've somewhat pre-rehearsed this throughout the week as people have asked me my opinion on what happened on Saturday. And let me just get started by saying this. I thought, uh, first off, obviously emotions running high. I was super pumped for the game and they come out and enforce a interception on the very first drive of the game and begin to take that possession 93 yards to the house. And my wife was outside taking the dog to the bathroom and, and all the windows are shut. All the doors are shut. And she heard me from the very backyard and she started to record it and send it off to Snapchat and stuff. And <laughs> hear, hearing myself back, boy, was I hype when this happened. And uh, it, it, it was an exciting time because as I'm watching this, I immediately went to Google to check out who Ambrell Anthony was. The fact that like I had not recalled seeing him and I'm like looking through and I'm looking at stats. He had taken one carry for six yards. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. This dude seems fast. He 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 had breakaway speed, SEC speed, as they like to call it. Um, and this game uh, went exactly as I thought it would. It was a back-and-forth show throughout the whole thing. But let me get to the first problem of where I felt like this game started to unravel was uh, – one of the last plays in the first half when David Ajabo comes off the end and strips Thorne, the quarterback from Michigan State, of the ball. And the ball's loose, and Aiden Hutchinson lands on it for what looks to be a touch, a defensive touchdown. And it's called that way on the field. And if uh, you're listening to this podcast and you have seen a view that shows that that ball is in Thorne's possession when that knee hits the ground, please send it to me. Because I have not seen it yet. Because I don't believe it exists. And the one thing that I'll always say, and I, I, I've said it, I said it that day, I'll say it today, I said it then, I'll say it again in six months, I'll say it again in five years. Referees don't cost you football games. 
But there are two things when you're looking at a referee is a they're part of the game. B don't put yourself in position to allow a referee to determine your outcome. Because if you truly play poor enough that a referee determines your outcome, I understand where you would think they do determine the outcome of the game. But in this case, Michigan ran 82 plays. There was three, three calls that were questionable. One was really bad. This is the one I'm talking about. I thought it was a horrendous call. Horrendous call. And you get seven points there. Obviously, the touchdown and the, the, what would be the, the, the extra point. They don't end up getting that. It's called it's the calls reverse on the field with no evidence. And it I can't help but think to myself, like, this is an absolute BS call. And we end up only getting three before the half, which I think brought the lead, if I'm not mistaken, to nine at the time. But the problem is is we lost out on four points. What was the final score? 37-33. Oh, looky there, four points. It's just that's that's a t- that's a really tough way to to hone in on that. But regardless, so the referee that apparently called that, his name's Ron Sandgrass. I don't know much about him. I'm, I'm going off of what I'm seeing from different people's analysis, but um, apparently he was also the ref that called JT, JT's first down in 2016. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously... That'll be that'll be debated forever, and potentially so will this this strip sack. But regardless, so let's keep it moving here. You get into the second half, and there is a clear problem when defending Kenneth Walker. And I'll say this, Kenneth Walker, uh, I went into the game thinking that he was a good running back, not a great running back, and that it was not going to be something Michigan would struggle with. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, he was a complete difference maker out there. Uh, his vision, his poise, his patience, his breakaway speed, uh, his power, literally the total package. He was an absolute freak show and 100% earned my Heisman vote. And uh, going back to, to Anthony, the freshman wide receiver, who when JJ came in that third quarter, he straight mossed the defender and, and took his second touchdown of the day. And at that point, I think we were up 30 to 14. And I I actually posted on Facebook uh, a guy that was talking a lot of smack to me before the game saying that we weren't going to beat Michigan State. I actually I actually tagged him in a post. I said, come find me, bro. You said <laughs> you said you were going to find me. Come find me. You know, I got a little cocky. And at that point, Michigan State started to uh, to really score and 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 pull away. And uh, Michigan was right there. I'm not trying to say they were pulling away like it was on out of reach. But here's where the game really started. And this is why I don't blame the refs, by the way. This is where the game was lost. So I believe it was either late in the third or early in the fourth. J.G. McCarthy is brought in for uh, one of his plays. And now, mind you, up to this point, he had played multiple snaps and played well. I want to give credit where credit's due. He had played well. But late in this game, it's it's crunch time. It's definitely it's definitely a close game. JJ appears to throw the ball up. He doesn't appear to be stripped. He appears to just lose control of the football um, and kind of like toss it in the air, and uh, it, it's a fumble. Well, the very next possession. 
Jim trots JJ back out there and JJ loses it on a read option play. And uh, he didn't blame JJ. He, he actually blamed the running back. And I don't remember who it was. I believe it might've been Haskins or Coram. Don't really remember, but basically saying that that was, should have been a, a, that should have been taken from them. And Jay's going to JJ's going to get credit with that fumble. But I just thought it was a, it was a bad move. It was a bad move when, uh, and we'll get to this in a second too. I've gone long here, and I want to give you your time. I thought Cade played the game of his life. I thought Cade Cade played outstanding. Um, Obviously, we have a mutual friend that didn't think that Michigan could pass the ball. And I don't know how you could watch that game and think that they couldn't because uh, I I was over the moon for Cade. I thought he played a great game. And I'll, I'll end with this. His one mistake in the whole game was when they were down. And at that point, you have to force things. You have to try to make a play, and he threw a pick to, to lose the game. But, and I, I didn't even think it was a bad pick, but regardless, um, Michigan got outcoached, not outplayed. They got outcoached, which is extremely frustrating because we have what we believe is a, a very good coach in Jim Harbaugh, and he got outcoached by a two-year coach in Mel Tucker. And um, We did exactly what we said we didn't want to see. And that was getting too fancy and getting away from our game plan. And I, uh, I thought for the first time all year, Cade McNamara, he played like he was the starting quarterback definitively. With that, I'll toss it to you. There's a lot that I, I said there. No, you're fine, man. Uh, there's definitely lots to unpack here. Um, but I will say too, you know, I was. I, my uh, my wife and my kids were upstairs cleaning the rooms. I'm down here watching the game, and my wife goes, uh, "You're not coming upstairs with us." I'm like, "No, I'm about to watch the game." She knows the game's on. She goes, "Who's she gonna watch it on your phone?" I said, "Hell no, I gotta watch that down <laughs> in the man cave." So I'm down here, and uh, just like you, man, when when uh, Andrew Anthony takes that to the house, I'm fist pumping. I'm you know, f yeah, man, I'm super hyped. Like. Uh, you know, because I uh, in the last episode I voiced my opinion on what I think about Michigan State. Um, but yeah, this you know going into uh, this game, I thought and I said last week my keys were top and taking care of the football. Uh, Michigan did not take care of the football. Um, Cade definitely played the game of his life. Uh, our mutual friend that you just mentioned even after this game, is not convinced that we have a passing game worth noting, which to me is asinine. Uh, without Cade McNamara's play in this game, this is a blowout where we're taking it in the butt, okay? Because without the passing game, we don't even move up and down the field. Now, granted, we got 146, I think, on the ground. I think uh, one uh, long carry from Cade McNamara kind of on, like, he ran on like a broken play that kind of inflated it a little bit. Now Blake Corum and Hassan uh, Haskins necessarily didn't have a bad game, but they never had any chance to run anywhere because they were just overloading the box the whole time. Um, and I agree, man. Refs definitely can make uh, their mark. They can leave a mark, but they they don't cost you the ball game. Michigan shot themselves in the foot here. Granted, the two. Uh, the two plays that were reversed, the Kenneth Walker uh, fumble right when he's rushing into the goal line, that's a fumble. I don't care what anyone tells me. 
He let go of the ball right before the goal line. That should have been a touchback. The second one was the one that you talk about, the strip sack. That was called a fumble strip sack touchdown. There is not enough evidence to reverse that. And the Michigan State fans on Twitter and in the internet that are you know, using pictures to like, see, this is where his shin's down. This is shin's down. It's still not definitive. So unless you're 100% clear, that play should have never been reversed. So, yeah, those two bit him in the ass. But you had plenty of time to make up for that. Michigan State was only four of 13 on third down, but it seemed like they were getting third downs at will. And it's probably because they were doing it in timely fashion. Just like I talk about Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback, not a great quarterback, but he makes timely throws. Michigan State had timely third downs. Um, they got two-point conversions when they wanted to. Michigan looked completely lost on those. Um, uh, was it Matt? Is it Mike or Matt McDonald? I think it's Matt McDonald, right? Or Mike McDonald? Yeah, I think it's Matt McDonald. Okay. Michigan's defensive coordinator. Oh, Mike Dude's McDonald. From, Sorry. Mike McDonald. Mike, okay. It's Mike. Dude, dudes from the NFL. And Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson, mostly Joel Klatt, pointed out during the game. They got busted on offsides. They got caught with their pants down because they're trying to sub in way too much. They're getting way too aggressive with the, the, the subbing. And after you get bit in the ass, you think you'd stop seeing it or adapt. And that you even saw it carry into the second half. A lot of those Kenneth Walker big plays, granted, that dude's a beast. He's got my Heisman vote, right? At least deserves a New York seat. However... A lot of those runs happened because they were caught flat-footed, they weren't set, and some of those linebackers were still, oh, you're over here, no, you're over there, no, you're over here. They're miscommunication. They did that to themselves. The coaches did that to themselves. Um, Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo, un- unblockable. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, to Jim Harbaugh, uh, apparently is – He's got the Big Ten Commission's office on speed dial because every week he's sending clips of Aiden Hutchinson getting held. Plenty of holding calls. Fortunately, those are going to get brought up by Michigan fans. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is literally held on every play. But you got to live with it, man. You got to live with it. You got to get off the field. You got to make plays when you can. Um, And, again, you know, uh, this game could have – I mean, I think at one point should have been like 28-7. Michigan – uh, settled for field goals, which I mentioned last week. They made mental mistakes. Blake Corum had green grass for days. He dropped a screen pass right in his lap. That was a touchdown. Oh, it was a wheel route. It was a wheel absolutely, route. Absolutely. Absolutely. Regardless, that's a touch. I mean, just a, just seven points rather than three changes that dynamic, of course. And when it's 30 to 14, you know, I work with the Michigan State fan. He was there at the game. He says the mood in that stadium was not very good when it was 30-14, and you pissed the game away. Absolutely pissed the game away. Now, going to the quarterback roulette situation, we talked about it all, all season at nauseum. It finally bit him in the ass. It finally bit him in the ass. It almost bit him in the ass in Nebraska. They got a turnover on Adrian Martinez and took care of business there. J.J. McCarthy comes in at one point, fumbles a snap, gets out of bounds. Then... During the game, they didn't announce it, but we found out on Twitter that Cade McNamara went to the tent at one point, and that's why J.J. went in the second time, and that's when the fumble and the loss happened. So at first, you're like, what the f- Jim? The thing is, is they were near the red zone, so you think that J.J. McCarthy was going to be in there regardless. Now here we get to where Jim Harbaugh is going to get, obviously, all, all the heat. It doesn't make any damn sense that you take out the quarterback that drives you all the way down the field 
He's not mobile. But J.J. McCarthy, when he's in there, is not showing any signs of a threat with his legs unless it's a broken pass play. He's in there to hand the ball off, and that's it. Okay, He threw the one touchdown pass. Fine, great. But in the end, it didn't mean shit. Now, when Cade is driving you all the way down the field and you yank him, I mean, I don't know what goes into psyching. Cade McNamara seems like the quarterback that he's just he's, he's willing to do anything to help his team win. But you got to ride the horse that got you there. And that was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, going into the game, a lot of people were saying Michigan, Michigan State, pretty similar in terms of play style, blah, blah, blah. The more you've looked at it on tape, the more you learn uh, from the analysts and the people breaking down film, they're a little bit different. But um, we thought that Michigan and Michigan State were both going to rely on the run games. Michigan State did. Michigan did not because they couldn't. They relied on the pass game. They thought that Peyton Thorne was going to have a field day with Jane Naylor uh, and Jane Reed. However, uh, despite having, I think, 80 yards receiving each, they were pretty quiet. They were pretty quiet. The DBs on Michigan secondary did enough. I think Naylor went out with an injury regardless, and they forced uh, Naylor, uh, or excuse me, they forced uh, Peyton Thorne to two interceptions, which I believe they both got three, uh, two field goals off those uh, those drives. Can't happen. Those are going to be 14 points. And I'll, I'll end with this. Going into the season, I mean, again, we've talked about this at nauseum. Our expectations uh, did not have us here at going in at 7-0, okay? The season isn't over as much as, you know, it's pains to say that. However, now you need a lot of help. You got to win out somehow, and you need Michigan State to lose twice. Um, I think now it's got to be all or nothing with Kate McNamara. Stop the shenanigans, Jim. Get the substitutions, figure it out. Um, just the best team lost, and that's the most infuriating part because you could have won this game by an absolute blowout. You could have had in, you know, I don't know. That's it, all I can really say here. Um, you know, grandmothers, mothers, children, daughters, cover your ears. Fuck Michigan State, and uh, we're on to Indiana. Yeah, I think what you just said is, uh, I think it's accurate, and I know that this isn't just biased. The the best team lost the football game, and. First off, that sucks. And it's just it's one of those things where how often does that happen? How often are we the best team losing football games? Not always, but it's happening. And it's just a, it's a, it's what I'm going to start calling narrative games. This was a narrative game. And the narrative is you can't beat a rival and you can't beat a top 10 team. And you can't win ranked against ranked teams on the road. It's a narrative game. And we're losing all of these narrative games. And what's the narrative after these games? It's, it's poor. It's bad. It's that Jim can't do this. Jim can't do that. And we had them dead to rights. Dead to rights. Even with these terrible calls. 30 to 14 felt like. I literally, I, I watched it with, with one of my buddies, and I, I said to him, I said, uh, from, it quickly turned around, and not from, um, 
not from their doing. It was one-dimensional one running. So, with all that, I, you gave your you gave your uh, your spiel. I gave mine. What'd you like? There was a lot to like. Um, I, I got to go back to to Cade McNamara. I'm I'm not sure what where you're gonna be at, but I, Cade I, again, this game is only close because of Cade McNamara, hands down. I don't care uh, what our mutual friend says. You know, dude's a baller. He he did what was asked of him, and yeah, he threw a pick at the end of the game. But you know what? He got us there through the entire the entirety of that game. And uh, you know, call it as you will, man. But I think going forward, I I I think you should. I know I know it's one game, and Michigan's Michigan State's secondary, I guess, isn't necessarily the strongest in the nation, but they're. Definitely competitive enough to be, uh, you know, to be challenging. And uh, I think I think K McNamara was sacked zero or one or maybe once. Um, dude's a gamer. I'm, I'm on I'm on the McNamara train. Yep, hands down. Yeah, I actually have a few here. So the other thing that I really liked was was Anthony, the freshman wide receiver, and it's like kind of a critique of Jim Harbaugh. But it's like, why hasn't he been in? Why haven't you been using him? What were you hiding him? Anyways, I thought he was huge. The ninety-three yard catch and run that went to the house. Um, I think he finished with six catches for like one hundred five and, and two touchdowns, or one forty and two touchdowns. And then he also had that he mossed that defender in the end zone on JJ's yeah. catch and touchdown i thought he was huge i thought he was huge um i had him in my like and then one other thing because again there was so much to like from this game that's what's so right. incredibly frustrating and you already kind of touched on it without putting it in your likes but aiden hutchinson and david ajabo were they they were unguardable you could yep. not stop they were and they, they had two tag teaming plays um obviously the the Ajabo sack. Actually, it was it was a Hutchinson sack. And then the very next play was Ajabo with the strip sack. Hutchinson falls on it for the touchdown. Yeah. Fell back. And then later in the game, in crunch time, Hutchinson sacks Thorne and then Ajabo sacks him. So it's like they couldn't be stopped. They were huge the whole game. Unfortunately, the run defense wasn't quite there, but I had them all in my likes. What what do you have for dislike? Um, I didn't like the uh the JJ project as I call it. You know, just the um, that's fair. That uh, that red that red zone roulette, man. I just did not like it. I obviously had that in my rant. Um, again, like I said, in my liked, I think just ride Cade to the end, man. Enough with this uh, stuff. Um, and the thing that sucks is K, uh, JJ. Uh, has played so much now where he's burned his red shirt. So uh, I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish here, but uh, I mean, knowing Harbaugh is, he's going to be, unless we see otherwise, he's going to be stuck in his way. So we're probably going to see more of the same here, but uh, let's just hope it doesn't bite him in the ass again, especially when you're at happy Valley. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're going to, we're going to agree here. I have, the choice of JJ plays 
in parentheses is kind of like my thing. It's, it's not that JJ's being used. We've always agreed that if it makes sense to use him. But it's just like the crunch time, the crunch time read option plays are just, uh, I'm over it. I'm, I'm so over it. I'm burned out on it. And I, I feel for Cade because Cade's playing his heart out, and especially this game. I don't, ugh, it's tough. And then the other one's obviously the, the run defense. I, I thought in a big game, much like Don Brown, we had our pants down. Couldn't stop anyone. And it just seemed like, you know, when Kenneth Walker scored his fifth touchdown, I actually had a moment of self-reflection. I can't tell you the last time I watched somebody score five touchdowns on anyone. Right. It's such a rare feat. Like, to, to not be able to stop somebody five times, uh, it was it was a lot. Um, what did you have for me to see more of? Um, I just wanted to see um, more route trees in, in, in the uh, – in the playbook. And again, all three of my things here are all kind of uh, intertwined to each other. Um, but that was really the glaring problem here. And so I don't want to be a uh, one trick pony here on these three points, but uh, yeah, just more of the route tree. Uh, and, you know, uh, I, I, I getting, uh, I know Corm had that key drop, but uh, I like, I like it when Corm is, is involved with the, uh, the wheel routes and the crossing patterns like that. I'd like to see more of the crossing patterns. Um, feel like he got the speed to do it. And now that we have uh, Andre Anthony emerging, uh, try to utilize him kind of like how uh, Ohio State's carved Don Brown up, new, you know, in 2018, 19 back to back with, uh, you know, goddamn, he's had Michael Thomas, Pittman, and all these guys. So I just want to see maybe that, some crossing routes. And, uh, and for probably like the third week, fourth week in a row, use Eric all in the effing red zone. You know, that's somebody we just real quick, only because you brought his name up. That's somebody we haven't talked about at all in this pod. Eric all had a huge game. Eric all was tremendous. I think he had nine catches for 95 or so yards. Um, he was huge. And like you just said, I, I think if you give him an opportunity at a ball in the red zone, he's, he, I think he's going to come up with it. Um, the, the one thing I need to see more of is, is Anthony, the wide receiver. I, I honestly have questions, and I haven't heard Harbaugh answer many this week. Obviously, he's probably not going to with, with how the loss went down. But what happened? Where did this kid come from? Why was he not playing? And, you know, Harbaugh did say he played a great a great game and he was super happy for him. And I, I don't know if you know this, the kid's from East Lansing. So it was yeah. kind of a homecoming. of. So I need to see more because he that element of the offense makes us very good. Very good. And it, it, it makes Cade better when you have that kind of speed and explosiveness and separation. So Absolutely. Gosh, a lot of Michigan State. We talked pretty endlessly there. Um, let's go right in the mailbag because it fits the discussion. Comes from, comes in from Lado, um, weekly right in. So he says, with the low preseason expectations, is a two-loss season a success for Michigan if, if both losses are to Michigan State and Ohio State? 
this is a pretty standard question. Um, not something that uh, is, is out of the usual. I mean, everybody's been asking this. I'll start. It, we have lost track on where this team was last year. It, this is a two win. This is a two. And uh, I think we can, though I don't want to get used to this, I think we can hang our hats on the fact that we were the better team in East Lansing and, and came away with a with a loss because we didn't finish. I think if you can beat everybody else, including your bowl, win your bowl game, and you can make the Ohio State game respectable even in a loss, this season's 100% a success. And we are moving in the right direction. If you do beat everyone else, and if you do beat your, your you win your bowl game and you can keep it competitive to Ohio State, then yeah, it's I think it's a success to, to answer the question. Now, if that's the case, if you, if you struggle with everybody else and you get blown out by Ohio State and maybe you don't win your bowl game, or maybe you do, but it was a trash opponent, maybe it's not a success. Because I know a lot of people that the whole 10-3 and 3 Jim Harbaugh isn't good enough. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a success. Now, you know, it, it, it it's kind of hard to say now because – you lose the game you're supposed to, and you and you you know most likely you're in the top four right now in the in the preseason uh, or the in the first week of the the playoff rankings. Um, but again, you got to dial back and 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 as much as it hurts, you got to realize that yeah, three four losses, even five to some were uh, expected here. Uh, so whether it's the losses are coming from Michigan State or Ohio State. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think we were going to beat Washington. A lot of people didn't think we were going to beat Wisconsin. A lot of people didn't think we were going to beat Nebraska, um, so uh, obviously the L's came in, or the L came somewhere where it hurt the most, and then didn't come where where it was an expectation. Um, you know, obviously taking another L to Ohio State is gonna is gonna be just a blow again, uh, as usual. Um, and you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, I don't care if we lose all the games. As long as we beat Ohio State, absolutely not. You don't want to. You want to go, you know, one and whatever. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, but you got to make it respectable. Uh, if you make, if Michigan makes this Ohio State game within 14 points, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's a, 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 a solid, a solid. Uh, I want to say an accomplishment because you're losing the game, but it's, it's a decent way to go out, I guess, because of how much they've whooped your ass, you know, for so many years especially the last two times we've played because of the offense being so electric. Um, but Happy Valley is still there. That's, I mean, that's not going to be an easy task. Michigan's got uh, the month of November, and we've said it before, you know, Jim Harbaugh, his bumps and bruises come this month. And so we have to get by Indiana here, and we have to finish November strong. If I think if we can go three and one here um, – it's pretty solid because you can easily go one and three. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, what we got here? So, anything else on Michigan, Michigan State before I continue? Uh, nothing, nothing like super substantial. However, I did feel like the way Kenneth Walker was carving us up, yeah, he got five touchdowns. You don't see that very many. Uh, that much very often in one game. 
Uh, I kind of got the 2013 Michigan Ohio State vibe where Carlos Hyde went for, oh, like 220 and a touchdown. So without the touchdowns Carlos Hyde had, it just felt like he – that was what I was kind of uh, getting Carlos Hyde vibes from. But the, other than that, uh, you can't really – I mean, we've touched everything, man. I think we've been pretty realistic, and our buddy might not think that, but I think we've been pretty true to ourselves uh, on that, on that yeah. last Saturday. You know, I think so, too. Um, real quick here, I mean, we don't have a ton to go into, but uh, Michigan's going to play Indiana on Saturday, 730. It's a night game in Ann Arbor, uh, second night, night game of the year. Uh, Michigan fans are really starting to dig these night games. They're pretty fun and electric. Indiana doesn't have a ton to go on this year. They've had a pretty lackluster season. Do you think Michigan takes care of business, or do you think we find ourselves in a hole there? Um, um, maybe we're not the same team that we thought we were. I think they take care of business, but uh, we've since the off season, we felt like the 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 vibe here, the the culture was changing, um, and it's you know on to the next one mentality, and so if that's the case, if that's the case, if Jim Harbaugh's pushing that, the coaching staff's pushing that, you got to prove it here. You got to go out and you, I, you know, I think a blowout win here would do uh, a lot of good. I don't think it's going to be a blowout win. Uh, Indiana's going to play it tough. They're they're on the down. They are 2-6. and six. Like, you know, Last year they had an historic season. They took care of business against us. And, you know, they, they're taking a step back. Penix Jr. Uh, kind of was, I want to say, Dark Horse Heisman last year, but he was definitely in conversation for uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and he's – Got four touchdowns, seven interceptions. So, as my key has been through a lot of these games is uh, get pressure on Penix Jr., make him uh, and throw in some uh, tight windows and make him uh, have poor decisions. Uh, and I think you can get away here. Um, their defense is, I think, is going to be pretty solid. Tom Allen, their head coach, is is uh, is one of the best in my opinion in the conference at least. I think he's. I mean, Indiana's not an easy job for anybody, but um, don't keep your note. Don't look. Uh, don't look down on Indiana, but I think they can take care of business. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think this is a great time to rebound and and show everyone that this team's energy is different. This team's motivator is different, and that we are still 100% focused on what are we doing to beat Ohio State today. So, uh, with that being said, let's let's talk about. The college football playoff, and I don't know about you, but I was pleasantly surprised at where we're at. So um, coming in, I think the top eight is where we just really need to discuss briefly. But Georgia won. Agree, disagree. Obviously, we probably agree there, right? Yep. Bama two. What do you What do you think there? Well, last week when we were doing the 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 top four. I kind of gave – I think I – I can't remember. I think I kind of gave Bama a little extra nod just because of – I was kind of relying and uh, thinking of more of their past uh, accomplishments. But looking back on it now and actually paying attention to this a little bit more, I think Alabama is not too um, – they're not the same Alabama. They, I mean, they've only got – they've got one loss. But, um, I mean, they really haven't – their schedule, I don't think, has really been that hard. I mean, Ole Miss is sure tough. They got LSU, but LSU is not the same. Um, 
I'm just not crazy about Alabama, uh, and I think the committee's kind of giving them a nod, too, because of uh, their past uh, accolades. Yeah. Uh, coming in at three, Michigan State. What did you think there? Uh, I think it's well-deserved, and I think that's exactly where our asses would have been if we would have won that damn game, to be honest with you. But, no, well-deserved, and um, eight. I hate to say, man, they've been here before, uh, and now they got to go out and prove to the world that uh, they deserve to be in the playoff, and they're not going to get uh, uh, their, their, uh, their salad tossed when they get to uh, the big boys. Oregon at four. This one was kind of weird. Um, I'm an enthusiast, but I think Oregon's a pretty damn good football team. To be at number four, uh, that's strictly just because of uh, the September win against Ohio State. Uh, I think Oklahoma should be four. Um, the Oklahoma four, Oregon five, then Ohio State six. Do you think that Oregon's win over Ohio State should carry weight? Um, I mean, I think so, but I mean, that's why they're there. That's why they're ahead of them. And uh, yeah, yeah. Ohio State five. Yeah, definitely, definitely think they're better than five. Joel Klatt. Has got him, I think, two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, because he brings his – he's got a different philosophy, of course. But uh, I think Ohio yeah. State is – they're going to move up, okay? So, Ohio State fans, you know, don't take that personal from the committee. But this is a temporary spot for them right now at five. Um, but they won't be there for long. Cincinnati, six. Yeah, I told you they were going to get hosed, man. I told you. Uh to be fair, they haven't done themselves any props. They've started to slow lately. Absolutely, and I don't think they're going to be moving up anytime soon. I think this is one. I think if they win the rest of their games, I think Cincinnati finishes at like nine or ten. To be honest. Wow. Michigan seven. I feel. Like we should be at least swapping spots with Oklahoma. I think we should be definitely ahead of Wake Forest, and I think we should be ahead of uh, Notre Dame. I think we are the one the better of any of the seven one squads, and uh, I think we definitely should be uh, doing a little uh, role reversal here with the Sooners. And then Sooners at eight, obviously, you think they should be higher. You you mentioned you think they should be all the way up to four, and I actually think I agree. Yeah. Um, I thought that that's where the committee committee got it wrong. And if you want to right. hold Oregon over state, that's fine. But Ohio State needs to be probably six. Oregon at five. Uh, yeah, Oregon at five. And then once Ohio State beats Michigan State, you can then have them hop Oregon, which I think they probably will. Right. Right. Exactly. But uh, Michigan at seven, the committee really respects us, in my opinion. And I think they. I think they. They know what we said, that the better team actually lost the game in East Lansing. Yeah. So if we if we were able to take care of Penn State and take care of Ohio State, which who knows? We might be looking at something here. You never know. 
We'll find out very soon. Obviously, we need Michigan State to lose again for because they're going to play Ohio State just a week before us. Yeah. Don't they end their season with Rutgers? Ohio I mean, State. We're not going to bank on that being a loss. No, no, no. Who, who Michigan, Michigan State? State. I think they're going to end their season. Happy Valley. Oh, maybe it is Penn State then. Okay. All right. Yeah, they play uh, – Penn State is at Spartan Stadium. So, Michigan State's got the uh, the home crowd there. Okay. Well, yeah, there's – I mean, there's a lot to go over there. Um, but uh, I thought it was a solid opening week for college football playoffs. Um, some question marks, but in my opinion, they, they always sort themselves out. So, nothing I've uh, lost sleep over and – you know, Michigan over Oklahoma, I thought was crazy. But at the same token, I think we've played better teams. And maybe they're punishing Oklahoma for not playing anyone so far. So, well, with that being said, um, that's all I got for the day. you have anything else you want to add? Uh, that's all I got, man. Hopefully we get a dub this Saturday and uh, we travel in the Happy Valley 8-1. Uh, yeah. They've already announced that that game is going to be what they call a helmet stripe game. So it's all it's a whiteout with just one thin line of blue people. Um, but it's also not going to be a night game. So we don't know what time it'll kick off, but it'll be a big one. Got their hands full both this weekend and next weekend. But uh, looking forward to it. And as we as we prepare to uh, play the Buckeyes here in a few weeks. So, yeah. All right, sir. It's been real. Go blue, and uh, I'll see you next week. See ya.